to Overtime Hockey Talks, a special edition of off-season reports as we dive into the New Jersey Devils, a team that missed the playoffs by quite a fair margin and uh, never really was in danger of making the playoffs. And uh, my co-host Justin Baker joins me. Justin, your thoughts on the New Jersey Devils season as a whole? Yeah, I think this was more of a, uh, a reality check for the fans, right? I remember just a couple years ago, they they made the move to bring in P.K. Subban, and they did some offseason additions the following year, and it, you know, everybody was just like, this team's on the up and up, they're coming back, and lo and behold, they finish at the bottom, select Jack Hughes, and then, uh, you know, the rest is history, so here yeah, we well, are, I think. And, and that was the year coming off of a, a surprise playoff appearance, Mara, that was... Taylor Hall had his unreal year and all that like that that was uh they the expectations were low and then they became really high and now they're like I feel like they're even lower than they were before right I think this is the New Jersey Devils we all expected to see and uh here we are no surprise at 29th in the league so here we go I think the Devils are a they're a cautionary tale of what happens when you're in a rebuild and things don't go the way that you expect the other way. Like, oh, we're actually good. And then you go and you try to continue to make your team maybe more of a playoff contender, not really quite a Stanley Cup contender, but somewhere in there thinking, well, hey, maybe we're good and we can build on this. And you attempt to be good. You you acquire players that are just not what you need in a quote-unquote rebuild and yeah, you get stuck with guys like PK Subban. Although, although I think in the end, ultimately Subban will probably get moved, even if they have to eat half of his half his salary at four and a half million. I think you've got a lot of teams knocking on the door to to try and bring PK Subban in and see if you know they can uh, they can make something of it. Yeah, yeah, don't disagree at all. And I I think this is a great example for the Ottawa Senators to look at. Right? I mean, they're a team that kind of had a little little bounce back season this year, right? You, you start to see them climb the ladders a little bit. So maybe they get a little cocky this off season. So again, just cautionary tales, right? Just take it slow. Right? Yep. Yep. And that's, that is a great, that's a great point that those teams towards the end of the year this year, that even though, I mean, Ottawa, obviously like they, they weren't really in jeopardy of making the playoffs. Like they just weren't, it had to be a miracle little run for them to be able to do it. Uh, but they do look like they're going to be a threat next year. However, it's a lot easier to play when you don't really have any pressure on you. Like there's no, there was no risk of making the playoffs. So yeah. Oh, now look at Ottawa's only eight points out of the playoffs instead of 22. Well, yeah, because there's nothing, you're just playing kind of for yourself and for each other and and you're just playing to grow, and, and lo and behold, you win some games. But then the following year when all the pressure's back on and, oh, you might make the playoffs, uh, that's the that's a di- totally different story. Totally different story. And the Devils, uh, I think, this year, they, they, they did it the right way. I mean, I, I think you, you knew that they weren't going to be great, and, and that just was what it was, and they are going to get a pretty solid draft pick as as a result. So or or draft picks because of where they're picking in this draft. So uh the New Jersey Devils look like they are a team though that should be able to find their way into 
some kind of competitive market soon because of the players that are now coming of age. Like Jack Hughes looked a lot better this year than he did in previous years, uh, in the, the, the previous year. Uh, Nico Heischer continues to grow as a two-way center. I, I, I like the acquisition of Andreas Janssen. He's a nice complimentary piece. Pavel Zaka is, is uh, kind of growing into himself as well. So there, there are some pieces there where you can see, okay, things are, things are likely on the upturn for the Devils. Do you do you agree with that assessment, or do you think that there's something else going on? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think there's a lot of bright spots where you can look to the future and say these guys are going to be the future leaders of these teams. They're making the right strides, right? We, I mean, you mentioned some names there. You know, uh, Jack Hughes, obviously, Nico Heischer. But, you know, on the back end, too, Ty Smith, right? What a rookie season for this guy. Sure. Coming out, he was, you know. 23 points be, in 40 games. Pretty great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For for a rookie defenseman, I was quite impressed. And then, of course, my biggest, you know, um, tip of the cap sort of to the player, Mackenzie Blackwood, right? This guy signs a three-year deal at $2.8 million, and it looks like New Jersey got themselves a freaking bargain because this guy, he, I mean, on a terrible team, still manages to put up a, an above 900 save percentage. Boy, I bet you Philadelphia wish they had him right now. But, um, you know, hey, your lock would have made the playoffs at that point because – I mean, the guy looked good, and he bailed the Devils out a lot of nights. Did you really just – you just went there, and you just brought up there. the fact that I had Philadelphia as a lock to make the playoffs? I uh, Like, that was just so incredibly subtle. I, I I appreciated the subtleness of it. At least it wasn't all out just making me feel really dumb, but – Well, you're just digging I, a I hole still right felt now. It. So. I still felt it. I felt it. Well, I apologize. It's okay. All, all, is, all is forgiven. Uh <laughs> Now, obviously, the Devils, they made some good moves at the deadline, being able to ship Paul Mary and, and Zajac both uh, for that first rounder of the Islanders. They also have the Islanders' uh, second-round pick as well. When did they acquire that second-round pick? Oh, for Andy Green last year. That was for Andy Green. Okay, so the Devils are basically going to be picking where the where the Islanders are. The Devils don't have their own second-round pick as they traded that away for signing Nikita Gusev to the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, the Devils, some good picks. I mean, the Islanders, they're probably going to be in the the bottom, like 25, 26, maybe even maybe even lower than that, depending on how they do here. We already know they're, they're through the first round. So uh, that pick isn't going to be tremendously high, but nevertheless, uh, the Devils have done a good job at hitting in on late picks. I mean, you talk, you talk Ty Smith. I mean, I think he's like 17th. Yeah, he was 17th in 2018. Uh, the Devils have done a pretty good job at at least having their first-round picks become something. Like, they they appear somewhere on their team a lot of the times, and that that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what you want, right? I mean, you obviously, if you're planning a rebuild, if you're trying to you know, develop a team of youngsters, you obviously have to hit on these young picks because, again, uh, you know, a team like the Devils that is, you know, far removed from a, a playoff contending team, you know, they've got to stock the cupboards. And if you're not hitting on these picks, it's going to just only delay the rebuild. And, um, you know, obviously with those first round picks, you know, you, you have to hit on those. Yeah. I mean, if you look, you go back to, uh, to 2015. Even twenty like twenty thirteen to me at least or at least Miles Miles Wood is still there, uh, 
he was like a fourth a fourth round pick, but uh, nevertheless, in really 20, 2014, not a not a great year for the Devils and their draft picks. But you go twenty fifteen, they took Pavel Zaka for uh, sixth overall, Mackenzie Blackwood forty second overall, and uh, then in twenty sixteen they took Michael McLeod McLeod in uh, the twelfth overall. And they took Jesper Bratt at uh, 162nd in the sixth round. So that's a, a nice little pick there. And then, of course, the following year, they take Heischer at number one. And the year after that, they take Ty Smith. And in the fifth round, Jaeger Sharangovic, uh, who's, who's managed to play 54 games for them so far. And then Jack Hughes the following year. So, that, I mean, they, they are at least every year hitting on someone who's coming in and playing for their team. Now, like 2019 and, of course, 2020 picks, most of those are, even 2018, most of those, the uh, we, we don't know what they're going to become. But they have at least had a good pedigree in terms of what they've been drafting. So that, that's a good sign. Uh, but now it's a matter of the Devils being able to bring in Something to surround these guys. I, I like. I said I like the Andreas Janssen pickup, uh, PK Subban. I like the idea of the pickup when they did it, but he obviously is just a shell of who he once was. Uh, I mean, I I think there is a small small chance if if uh, you know Seattle really wants to uh, to get some splash, maybe Seattle goes and they they scoop PK Subban. Because he he doesn't have any kind of no move clause, so maybe PK Subban's the guy that they scoop one year at nine million, and they think you know, hey, maybe we can kind of resurrect this guy for a year, and and uh, then we could re-sign him if he's any good. I mean, he wouldn't be a bad veteran defenseman to bring in on a team that is going to need some some a face. PK Subban wouldn't be a bad guy to do that. Yeah, and if and if anything, if you're Seattle, right, you at least acquire capital in the sense that you get a guy to, to plug a hole for, for most of the season, and then you can offload him at the deadline and acquire more assets, right? Because as a right-handed defenseman, there's no shortage of teams that want a guy that also has a good offensive ability to his game. That's true. I wonder if I, – I don't know, but I wonder if the Devils can keep half of his salary and have Seattle take him as the player that they take. Yeah, you would have to basically uh, frame it in the sense of a trade, trade much like Vegas did when they yeah. were getting you know draft picks. So, yeah, my guess is you'd have to trade them, and then they would, yeah, they'd have to do something there. But, um, but they, I doubt that a Seattle team would be super worried about coming up against the cap because probably most of the players they're going to take aren't going to have either very lengthy big contracts or big contracts at all. And most right. of the guys with big contracts, teams are going to protect, or they're going to be forced into protecting them. Exactly. Uh, but we'll, we'll uh, of course, when the time comes, we will do a, a a fun little mock draft of what we think Seattle will do. But um, as we do some of these offseason reports, of course, it's going to come up because these teams are going to have to protect people. The devil's really not in a whole lot of danger of losing their really elite players, but they do have quite a few players who have at least played in a couple years in the league. Uh, so there, there are outside of PK Subban, you know, there's, there's quite a few middling forwards 
on this team that could potentially be taken by Seattle as well. So, I mean, it's just something to keep in mind for New Jersey, but not a huge risk of losing anyone of anybody that's not replaceable. So uh, not really worried about that. I, I guess when you look at what the rest of this team brings to the table, I mean, I think you really look at the defense and you go, well, that's, I just don't think that's an NHL defense for the most part. Like there, it's just a very weak defense core. Uh, is there a bigger hole on this team that you see? Uh, to be quite honest, obviously we know um, this team could use some scoring. I mean, they, they finished the, the year 26th in goals for, but even worse, they finished in 28th in goals against, even with stellar goaltending from Mackenzie Blackwood. And then again, 31st as far as penalty kills go. So they were the worst shorthanded team in the league. So yeah, when I... When it's I, not a good combination I, to win. Yes, absolutely. And so when I, I, I totally agree with you when I think this team could really use some solid defensive defensemen back there and maybe a couple veteran guys, right? Uh, obviously, Ryan Murray was a guy who, you know, analytically looked much better uh, than he was the last couple of years in Columbus. And so maybe they look to re-sign him. However, you know, I think he's going to test the free agent market. And so what I think they maybe need more than anything else is, you know, a middling pair, veteran defenseman, somebody who can mentor some of these younger guys like Ty Smith, and to me, I think a really good, you know, answer. And again, it's whether or not you can pay these guys to come here, whether or not you can attract the free agents. Well, they certainly have. They have the cap space. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they're they've got thirty seven million dollars in cap space next year. And yes, they need to resign like a Nick Merkley, Michael McLeod. I, I mean, these guys aren't going to go for for millions and millions. I mean, may, maybe they try to bring back Ryan Murray, Murray and give him a little bit of a raise. Um, Connor Carrick, I uh, my guess is they they pass on Connor Carrick. Uh, there's just not a whole lot that they need to do in terms of resigning. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for how much this team can spend. I mean, they did have over ten million dollars in space this year alone. So thirty seven million. I mean, they have. 60 million the following year. They don't really have much signed beyond the beyond Nico Heischer uh, for the following year. So this team kind of an open slate. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. You could go out and overpay for a defenseman and get the guy you want, but it's whether or not they want to go there, I guess is the big question, right? Um, you know, obviously when it comes to money, you know, New Jersey's looking to the future because after this offseason next year, you've got to re-sign guys like Jack Hughes, Pavel Zaka, Jesper Bratt, um, then you even got to look, you know, a year after that to Mackenzie Blackwood. So you got to be wise with your money and not, you know, if you're going to overpay for a guy, not sign him to a long-term deal, you know, maybe two or three years. Uh, you know, a couple names I guess you could probably look at would maybe be an Alec Martinez, a David Savard. I think those veteran defensive defenseman type guys would fit very, very well in their top four. Yeah. I mean, as far as free agent defensemen goes, there's not a whole lot out there that you you're drooling over. I mean, you know, no, it's, it's maybe, maybe Alex Gullet, Alex Goligoski, not a not a bad defenseman to to go after. A Nicholas Jalmerson, like those those are guys that you know you could see New Jersey going and signing one of them, maybe to a slightly inflated deal just to get them to come somewhere. But at the same time, New Jersey's got to look at their team and go. I mean, do we do we want to bring in you know, a, a lot of money at the same? But then you also have to spend a certain amount of money. So, (laughs) so they're going to have to, they're going to have to pay some people and, and New Jersey's not a bad place to play. 
people like, you know, you're living by the ocean. So there's certainly people that will, uh, that would want to come. It's just going to be a matter of New Jersey finding the right guys. And, and I, I don't particularly like the way that this team is built at this point. Uh, and to me, I look at it and I, I think one more year of, of finishing at the bottom could be really helpful uh, because I mean, what, what's their, their pick this year? I think, I mean, it's likely going to be top eight when probably once the, once everything's done, top eight sounds close to me. Uh, but, oh, oh yeah, I guess, they're, I guess they're, they're third worst. eh? Well, they are finished. I mean, they're technically fourth right now, but again, fourth, yeah. with the way the lot, so they could goes, be they could be seven, but yeah, you could fall a little bit, and so, but either way, you're still going to land a really good piece. And what would be really great for this team is if they can pick in the top three, because there are some really, really good defensemen like Owen Powers coming in the draft sure. that would just really bolster this blue line. I mean, the nice thing uh, is there there's a, actually quite a few defensemen that are ranked very high in this draft. Like this draft is yes. the defenseman draft, so. Uh, a good draft for New Jersey to be picking high in. I, I think that they'll go defense. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll they'll go defense unless somebody th- they love falls to them. But uh, I, yeah, I, I would think that ultimately they take defense in this draft. It's what they need. I mean, they, they just don't have anyone that blows you away. I mean, Ty Smith, great, great addition. I mean, he's your first round pick. He's, Hopefully he he pans into something over the long term, and hopefully Jack Hughes continues to grow and he sure. You just have to surround these guys with actual goal scorers. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they made some good moves, right? I mean when they when they dumped off, uh, you know, what's his face uh, to Tampa, they ended up picking up uh, Nolan Foot as part of that trade. Yep. And last year they picked high, I think at number seven, picked Alexander Holt. So you got some young players that are coming in that can be potential goal scorers. But like you said, on defense, there's not much to be excited about as far as prospects go. So, yeah, this is the draft to pick defense. And then the other thing you got to worry about for New Jersey is finding a backup goaltender because they just haven't been able to find anybody these last couple of years. And I think they really could use, um, you know, somebody to come in. Obviously, they've got, um, you know, they, they, they thought they brought in Corey Crawford and he was going to be the answer, but he ended up retiring. And so... Um, you know, one name that I actually was looking at and thinking this would be a really good spot for him to go and play mentor slash backup to, to Mackenzie Blackwood, and that would be Freddie Anderson. Ah, yeah, Freddie Anderson would be a nice little fit there. Yeah, I think you could sign him to a two-year deal to play out the rest of Mackenzie Blackwood's contract, and, you know, maybe you pay him a couple, you know, you know, a couple million bucks, three, four million bucks, and, you know, I think he'd fit in quite well as a nice 1A, 1B combo for, for this Devils team. My guess is that Frederick Anderson could get a four-year deal. I think he'd yeah, be I mean, looking for at least three, but. I mean, let's face it, this is probably going to be his last chance to cash in because I, I do see the wear and tear of, you know, so many shots against for so many years yeah. starting to take its toll. And, yeah. you know, I think a team's going to be very cautious if they're trying to sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe he maybe he does sign the uh, the Robin Leonard style, like, that one year deal that he signed in Chicago, you know, go, go somewhere where they have the cap space where you can be used and kind of build yourself back up and, and then, you know, try, shoot for a good payday, uh, for your, for your quote unquote final deal 
once people go, oh, okay, I mean, he just, you know, maybe wore his time out in Toronto, which it's pretty clear that has happened. Uh, I think it was clear to all of us last offseason, and it was almost a little shocking that they didn't deal him other than, you know, I guess you like to have a couple of goaltenders. Probably a good thing that they didn't because they used three goalies all all through the year, so uh, they they needed him, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it seems as though maybe he has some left in the tank. If he can just take some time off, get completely healthy. Of course he's taking time off now. I mean, he might, he might have a nice two month vacation just on the bench right Mm -hmm. here. Let's hope so. Let's hope it lasts two months. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, okay. So one deal that I think is possible, uh, if you remember that PK Subban deal, was uh was not long ago that Subban was dealt from Nashville to New Jersey, same general managers in both spots. And there is a, another Nashville predator that will get uh, a lot of attention here who's going to be a UFA the following year, but couldn't sign an extension in July, on July 28th or whatever. That's Matthias Ekholm. And I could see these two teams locking up and making a trade because... Nashville, very, very deep at defense. I mean, Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm, and you've got Dante Fabro. And you just, they always ease. It's like with ease, they develop these all-star defensemen. Uh, And I can see Nashville dealing Matias Ekholm, deal him to New Jersey. And, you know, as Nashville, I think, of course, the, they might win this. They might force a game seven, and who if they could beat win win this series against Carolina, we'll never know until it happens. Uh, but nevertheless, I just I still even if they somehow manage to beat Carolina, you can't look at this team and go, yeah, this is sustainable. This is going to be a team like there, something needs to kind of be drastically done. And I think flipping Matthias Ekholm. And and maybe bringing in somebody on New Jersey who uh, who also could use a, a fresh start or or just somebody who can bring some a different type of offense that Nashville lacks. I know that New Jersey isn't exactly a world beaters when it comes from an offensive standpoint, but maybe a younger forward for Nashville. I mean, when you look at who they have up front, it's mostly a bunch of guys over over 28, 29 years old. So perhaps you're willing to. You know, see if you can deal for a draft pick and like a Michael McLeod, somebody who who needs some developing at the center ice position uh, that could could benefit Nashville. I think that's a that's a potential spot for Roman or for uh, Matthias Ekholm if the Devils can get an extension. Only if they can get an extension. I don't think that they would give up oh, like a McLeod for a guy who's going to be there for just one year when they're kind of in a rebuild. But Matias Ekholm would be a great, you know, for the next probably another three years, he's going to be a really nice top four defenseman for you. Yeah, and I think right now, like you talk about Ekholm, his value is about as high as it's, it's going to be, right? So if there is an opportunity to deal, then now's the time, right? And so, you know, maybe Nashville looks to make that move and, uh, you know, who knows what's going to pan out after the playoffs and you know maybe at home says hey you know i want to go somewhere when my deal's done because i want an opportunity to you know have you know a shot at a cup because realistically i'm with you i don't think nashville is anywhere close to being a cup contender i think they can compete in the playoffs but 
you know, again, I didn't even expect him to make the playoffs this year. So uh, long term, you know, I don't think maybe, you know, he's he's looking at this team and thinking, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to have a realistic shot at the cup. You know, he could go to a team like Boston that maybe would be willing to add him. But, you know, again, it's you know, he I, I don't believe he has a no movement or no trade. Clause, no, no, so, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. So there's no control where he goes at this point. So, yeah, maybe he you know doesn't want to sign an extension in New Jersey. But at the same time, maybe he looks at it and says, you know, hey, they've got Jack Hughes. They've got Nico Heischer. They've got a lot of really young, good pieces here. So maybe if I wait it out and within two or three years, this team can compete maybe at a higher level than, you know, Nashville as far as opportunity for a cup. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, man, it's an interesting thought because otherwise, New Jersey could very well just stand pat and just have another year like this year. And I don't think that anyone would think that it was the wrong move. Like as long as New Jersey does a little bit, you know, they they do the little like a, like the Andreas Janssen, Like, hey, you know, he's he's going to be still be good in two years when that deal is is coming up. So even if they aren't playoff contenders during his entire deal. At the end of it, they could flip it and they can get something else. So, it's, uh, my guess is they're more likely to just stay the course. But if they were going to do something, I mean, I think it's go out and bring in a defenseman who can be your number one defenseman. Like Matthias Ekholm, he never needed to be Nashville's number one defenseman, but I think that he could, he could with the right pairing, he could be a good number one defenseman. Also. If you don't want to trade PK Subban or you don't want to get rid of him, they played together in Nashville. So maybe you bring in Ekholm and he ignites PK Subban again. And suddenly, even if you aren't able to get Ekholm signed to an extension, I mean, if you're not any good, then you just go and you trade PK Subban and Ekholm at the deadline and, and you're going to get plenty for him as well. So maybe there's some something in there for the for the devils but the devils are never a team that doesn't try to at least make a splash somewhere uh they've they've been in some big trades in the last few years so we'll see if they continue that trend any uh any final thoughts on as to where the devils go this offseason yeah so as far as team status is concerned to me they're a continue the rebuild team i think they're about a good three to four years at least away from being a you know, playoff contender type team. And so again, add the prospects, add the pieces and maybe get a veteran guy or two in there to help these young guys grow and just watch Mackenzie Blackwood steal the show. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're not exactly in an easy division. I mean, every single team in that division is, uh, is, is pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not looking at them going, I mean, maybe the team, the only team in this division that the the tip of the Metro, like the actual Metropolitan yes. Division, the only team that they might be better than Columbus. They might yeah. be better than Columbus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, realistically, I, I I'd say on pay, on paper, they're they're at least similar. Like New Jersey doesn't have the 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 decor that Columbus has, but they do have some more, some special offensive players uh, that Columbus doesn't have. So they're, they're at least pretty even. Uh, it's just Columbus has always been very well coached and we'll see who the new coach becomes uh, for Columbus. But uh, New Jersey, I mean, really they're not better than the Rangers. They're not better than the Islanders. They're not better than the Penguins or the, or the Flyers or the, the Capitals. So 
I don't see this team being any better next year. Uh, you almost need to wait, like <laughs> wait and see if these other teams kind of take a tumble and take advantage of it. Uh, because New Jersey is, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs in the next three years in this division. It's that tough of a division and that deep. It's uh yeah. I'll give you that because eventually I think you have to see a changing of the guard where we see those Pittsburghs and Washington sort of slowly slip out maybe, but yeah, that's, that's what they said about the Red Wings for like eight years and then they won another cup. And (laughs) I mean, that's what they were. That's what everyone was saying about Pittsburgh five years ago. And then they won two cups in a row. So it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it is. And then we could just see, again, like, you know, if Team Columbus, like we expected to make the playoffs or at least compete, they just totally tank. So who knows? Maybe we see, uh, you know, Washington do the same next year. But, um, oh you know, I, I I won't disagree with you, though. I, I do think New Jersey, obviously, at the bottom of this division. And, and it might be wise, too, for them to just stay the course, sit at the bottom and collect prospects. And then they can just, you know, really develop these guys right. And the next thing you know, they're, they're division champ. So when you said collect prospects, I just thought of. Like like they were collecting hockey cards almost. That's where my brain went. All right, that is our New Jersey Devils offseason report. You can find more of those when you subscribe to the show. We've done a few teams before this, and uh, our team up next, the Detroit Red Wings, so stay tuned for that. Find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk, and we will talk to you soon.